You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Episode number 71. Oh yeah, 71. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now, your hosts, Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening wherever you are and wherever this finds you. Thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. We especially want to welcome you if this is your first time checking out the show. We are pumped to hear and welcome to you. And if you are a returning listener, part of the Longer Hall community, thanks for still putting up with Chris. That's right. Coming funny. on, but we appreciate that. Uh, if you enjoy the show, love for you to subscribe to the show so you get each episode as it comes out each time, whether that's on iTunes, your podcast player, on Spotify, or wherever you happen to be listening from. And uh, and if you got a few minutes to head over to iTunes or wherever and write and leave a review, we always appreciate those. Right? Big time. No doubt about it. Well, hey, my name is Chris Trent and the guy that gave the most amazing introduction ever there. That was Jody Livingston. We're a couple of youth pastors hanging out in Atlanta. We don't work at the same church, but we do youth ministry, and we feel like at times we've been doing youth ministry forever. Man, do you feel like, like that sometimes? Dinosaur. Yeah, I, feel I like do sometimes. I I'm I'm older I'm older than most of my parents. Like a lot of my parents in my student ministry now, bro. It's nuts. You're older than me. So <sighs> What what kind I mean, of dinosaur would you be if you were a dinosaur? Uh, T Rex. I feel like you're more of a Triceratops. I'm thinking like, what's the fattest dinosaur there is, and that's probably. <laughs> not <FDR or> not. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh man, dude! Last night I, I did a. Uh, <laughs> anyway, last night I did a little training at a church, and the pastor's daughter was in there, um, in the training. And I was just thinking about how I feel all the times. And so I got to talking and I was like, yeah, so how old's your dad? And he's a year younger than I am. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dang it. You are old. Dang it. So anyway, but anyway, hey, we love youth pastors and uh, that's kind of an introduction there. So uh, awesome. And we're yeah, on the social media, man. We're all over the place. Not really. Yep. But uh, at Jody Limston, at Chris Trent, Jody's like Instagrammy. Uh, Twittery, I'm more Instagrammy, and you know we're out there some. We're not big time pe- social media crazy, but we're there a little bit. So find the longer haul over on the Facebook and the Super Secret Podcast group. That's like growing. Good grief, son! Yeah, like I growing. love. I'm telling you, man, and it's really like, there's a place for the bigger groups, no doubt about it. And I'm in those as well. But there's something cool about having a smaller, more intimate group of folk, you know, and so uh, good times, good times for sure. So it's great. All of the links and resources that we mentioned today, and there are a ton in this episode, you can find on the show notes page at thelongerhall.com slash episode 071. 071. 71, bro. That's awesome. Yeah, man. 
Yeah, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of them in this episode, and uh, be sure be sure to stick around in this one to the very end because there's a really really cool giveaway. Oh and yeah, an ama- and an amazing invitation. <laughs> yeah. opportunity. not like I mean, not like invitation in your grandparents' church, like walk the aisle, organ Very playing cool. stuff. I mean, like just an amazing opportunity. Seriously, yeah, it's so good. Gotta listen listen, all the, listen way to the very end. Don't don't cheat out. Don't leave. Don't leave before the invitation starts. I got a shout out, bro. I got a real big shout out. Love our Facebook group. We talked about it a minute ago. How about our boy that we've never <laughs> met? But how about our boy Marco Jericho? So besides having the coolest name in the history of all names, Marco Gosh, is Jericho, it not a cool name? Like that should be a band name, and it should be like a writer's name, and it should be like any like any every wrestler's name. But that said, Marco's on our man. He's he's one of our members. Dude got married. What up? Congratulations on the wedding, there, bro. And not only that, I love this because he said that he got some of like his youth workers, the people and the and the kids to help uh, help plan do it. the wedding, help plan the wedding. <laughs> I'm like, way it's like to go, epic. yeah, Plus dude. It's really yeah, cool. So, uh, cool. yeah, it's good stuff. So, congratulations there, Marco, and thank you for listening, man. Appreciate you big time. So, yeah, man. So, Jody, are you good, man? Mostly good. Mostly good. Are you kind of good? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. good. You've been yeah, riding a motorcycle. Good. How's the motorcycle riding these days, man? Are you feeling it? Uh, yeah. Every day it doesn't rain. I ride it. It's amazing. <sighs> I would be lying if I said I thought about you most of the time. I don't, but sometimes I do. I think you're how like much more Chris fun would Trent. This be if we were riding together, you know, like let's clarify. You don't mean literally on the same bike. You mean if I was cool and also had a motorcycle is what you mean, right? Please say yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For real. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. So let's talk about how amazing your voice sounds for just a second. And uh, why that might be. I'm drinking water as we're talking. And it's helping. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) But it wasn't so good yesterday. You know, it was struggling yesterday a little bit. So I drank a lot of liquid. And um, (laughs) (laughs) okay, Jody. Why are you bringing this up? All right. So I was struggling yesterday and I've been struggling. Golly, I've been struggling all summer. I feel like it's been a good month and a half. And Jody, keep you've heard him say, he keeps telling me, got to go get the throat coat, the throat coat. throat coat, titty. the throat coat tea or whatever. And, and I, and I, I never, story. here's why everyone got it. Cause the whole time I thought he was talking about like a goatee. <laughs> That's a lie. And so, <laughs> so anyway, yesterday I texted Jody, I broke down cause Jody's like the hack master of everything. And he's got hacks for everything. So I was like, all right, Jody, what's the name of the stuff? He's like, here it is. So I, I literally, from work, I jumped in the truck. And I went, I talk, and I, we were talking on the phone while I was doing it. Talk to me while you're doing it. And, and I go to Publix, <laughs> and I go in, and and the first thing I see is like, it's all licorice tasting or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> Bleh, I hate licorice. But they had a lemon version. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get the lemon. But you were like, don't get the lemon because you can only drink it three times versus seven times or whatever. I'm like, first of all, I ain't drinking tea seven times anyway. <laughs> and so I'm getting the lemon. And I got the lemon and I'm and I got back and, and I we had hung up by this point because I had to go. But yeah, I made some at work. Forever to heat up your water. I made some at work and 
It was pretty it was dang bad. good. It was actually, and I actually liked the Excellent. way it tasted too. That's what was weird. And uh, too, right? I thought it was going to be good. terrible though. I thought it was going to be terrible. I was fully expecting terrible, but it's actually pretty soothing, man. I, I, you know, I appreciate it, man. It's working, you know, and it helped so, your voice, helped your throat. Yeah. Throat coat. There you go. It's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, it's good. And so I'm still, I pumped, I'm drinking twice a day and, um, I'm, so good. and, uh, I'll be drinking it tomorrow too. So I stash it around everywhere like a crack addict, man. It's in my desk drawer. It's here at the house upstairs. We got this little coffee bar area. It's over by the coffee bar area. But you drink the nasty though, man. That's more licorice. It doesn't even taste like lemon. The lemon doesn't even taste like lemon. The yeah, original was fine. They're not a sponsor. They're the not, a sponsor, not a sponsor, but we do have a sponsor. We do that. They probably drink throat coat as well. So YM360, Youth Ministry 360, man, they rock at what they do. First of all, I love the people there. They're amazing. I mean, they really are amazing people, but they do youth ministry. They do Bible study curriculum, student devotionals, disciple now resources, youth leader development, summer camp experiences. And this is a real deal for me because I literally have used all of those things with them. And it's good stuff. And I used it and I was using it before they sponsored us. And when our sponsorship ends, I'll continue to use it because I believe in what they do. And so if you are looking for some great resources from someone you can trust, consider YM360, especially if you're in the market for some curriculum right now, just really good stuff. And, and, you know, and, and, and I'll plug this part as well. One of the things that's super cool is the way they do their training videos. And, and just the heart of that and Andy Blanks, one of my, you know, he's one of the publishers or one of the writers and he's the co-founder and just the, he's a great trainer. I mean, he does a really good job and, uh, and I just know him. He's a youth pastor at heart. I mean, and he still volunteers with his church youth ministry. So dude gets it. So, uh, so yeah, consider why I'm 360 for sure. And if you uh, check them out, if just for be a listener, just for being a listener with us, longer haul at the uh, as a promo code longer haul it'll get you 20 percent off next order what what so uh not on camp (laughs) you can't like 20 gets off camp (laughs) but uh but on most of the resources anyway so a couple exclusions apply huge topic today Uh, huge topic today very very important topic great episode great guest great interview yeah i mean it's definitely probably one that's gonna like cause a little tension maybe for some folks go because even for me i like i I just was like "Ah, i probably need to be doing more of that but this whole this whole issue is a issue of partnering with parents to navigate a hyper sexualized culture and we just we just brought a guy on that i happen to know is he's a friend of mine and and you'll hear about that but the guy's really an expert at this stuff and uh and it turned out i thought it turned out you know i think it turns out great yeah. yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so good stuff. Uh, it's really good, really practical. And really stick helpful. around to the end, man. I'm telling you, because there's the giveaways, oh, yeah. and then what he throws out, and I wouldn't even expect it. What he throws out as an offer, if that's unbelievable. If I wanted to, and he didn't put I, a limit to it or anything. I mean, so um, pretty cool, pretty cool offer at the end. If it, it, it and maybe someone will take advantage of it. That'd be amazing. He underestimates so, our listenership. He underestimates us. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. Yeah. You about ready? You ready? Jump in. Yeah, man. Here Let's we go. It. We'll All jump right. in. Today's interview with Barrett Johnson from Info for Families. So good stuff. Here we go.
And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Well, hey, Barrett, welcome to the podcast, man. How does it feel to be considered the feature presentation? That intro sounded, was it a Disney intro, Chris? You're really revealing who you are here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, feature presentation. Don't waste yeah, time with feature. cartoons in the front end. I'm thrilled. That's, listen, that's all Jody and I, man, on the longer haul, everyone we interview is a feature presentation. Well, I'm Absolutely. honored then. So I uh, will say, hey, everybody, this is my friend Barrett Johnson. And uh, Barrett, man, we really are glad that you're going to hang out with us here for just a little bit. And just dig into this topic of partnering with parents and trying to help them navigate a hyper-sexualized culture. That's a mouthful right there for sure. That's a lot to Show say. Him. Yep. But, uh, but, you know, I think most parents, no doubt, are dealing with this culture that we live in. Youth pastors are trying to navigate this as well. So I think this is worth digging in. But before we do jump in, let, let's kind of find out who you are. Let's tell the listeners who you are. Um, in full disclosure, Barrett and I worked together for a while at Johnson Ferry. And uh, we spent, I guess, were you there for like seven years or so? Is that It was seven? nine. Nine, nine years. beautiful. Nine of the best years of my life, Barrett. Best years there. of my life was what, Chris? Yeah, it really so, was. Um, but uh, Barrett was there for nine years as a family pastor. But prior to that, though, you're our people. You're a youth pastor, my man. And that's so, what I started. And if my wife even jokes, she she married a young youth pastor. And I told her that I was going to be a Jared Taltake and 60-year-old youth pastor. I was I was in for the long haul, to coin a phrase. Yes. Um, and uh, you know, we made a shift in our calling, or God did a shift in our calling that we responded to about uh, 15 years in. It was a surprise to me, honestly, because we we thought we'd be youth ministers all of our lives. So you did youth ministry for fifteen years, though. I mean, like in yeah. full time. Now, did you did you kind of come out of college and went, go straight into to youth ministry? Oh yeah, what, I was I was in school in, in Texas, and uh, because I had some internship, you know, experience as a freshman and a sophomore in college, I was youth pastor at a large university church in my college town as a twenty year old, and uh, was green and didn't know what I didn't know. Uh, but God was good and gained some great experience there during my junior, senior year of college, working at a large church as a youth pastor. Um, but the church was uh, in some financial straits and couldn't couldn't pay a full-time guy. So they said, hey, get the college kid to do it. And so it was invaluable <laughs> for me and gave me a great uh, time to cut my teeth. That's somewhere in the middle of that. So you were in Texas. And when now here's what I don't know. So you were you were thus for nine years, but. Prior to that, had you already transitioned out of being a youth pastor? Yeah, it was fun. I I, I was served at a small church while I was doing seminary, and then a, a larger church in uh, the Houston area. And then about six years later, moved up to the Dallas Fort Worth area. And at that church, we were there for almost eight years, and was a youth pastor there for about three. And a church called a new pastor. God was dealing with me and my calling. And, and the long and short of it is, I really felt like, or I had this aha moment that these kids that I was working with, uh, they were not turning into me. They were turning into their parents. And so I felt convicted. What can I do to come alongside their moms and dads and help mom and dad create an environment for spiritual growth and discipleship and pointing kids to Jesus and help mom and dad? So I was struggling with that. And uh, we called a new pastor. We had a 21-month interim uh, during a season where I was kind of like the people's pastor, honestly. I was the longest tenured staff person there as a 30-year-old youth pastor. Um and when the new senior pastor came in, he was kind of evaluating the staff and said, you know what, I think you'd be great in this role. And I just said, you know, God's been stirring in me a, a new role. And 
being able to work more with moms and dads than with their kids hands-on. We kind of saw it as youth ministry through the back door. What can we do to, to work with still to impact generations and the next generation? Uh, but how can we do it through uh, moms and dads as much as or even more than working directly with the kids? So in that then, you you ended up, so you stayed there at that church basically. Yeah, was that like I, a family, I saw it. Was that a family pastor role? What was it like was. the title? It was. Okay. That was our title. It was a glorified adult ministry role, and we yeah, were reaching sure, no a lot of young families. Yeah. Uh, I did all the adult discipleship, but it was a lot of uh, young families, a lot of young uh, teenager families, You know, a lot of parents with teenagers and elementary kids in the church at the time. And uh, so it was, it was a family ministry role. So I did one church, three years youth ministry, and about four years of family ministry at the same church. Yeah, so and I know, of course, I know the nine years at, at Johnson Ferry. I mean, you were basically a family pastor there as well. I yeah. mean, you, you did that same type of role where you're pouring into, you know, parents and helping parents navigate all of this stuff. And you and I Indeed. partnered, you know, quite a few times over the years. Sure. And, and uh, that was good stuff. So let's talk for just before we jump into some of the questions, though. What do you do now? And 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 so that we kind of know where all of this is coming from. Like, well, what, what kinda, I, what kinda, I'm with you. What's it? Yeah. Sure. As, as a family pastor for, you know, nine years at a large church in North Atlanta, we discipled and we did basic spiritual development and all the things that you should do as a pastor. Uh, but we had a real heart to impact families, marriages, parents, all those different things. And we taught a, a four week series on a Sunday morning to about 300 adults, to moms and dads, really about helping their kids navigate hypersexualized culture, everything from how the cultures change, uh, birds and bees impact of social media and how to date smart. We, we delved in a lot in pornography and all those different things uh, just to help parents understand the culture and how to navigate that. And, and the parents just lapped it up. They just gobbled it up. They're just more and more parents said, why isn't anybody talking about this stuff? Why aren't we dealing with how the culture's changed, the impact it's having on our kids? This is great stuff. Even had one guy, a Chick-fil-A executive who's a real sharp dude, he said, you know, you ought to write this down. They make a great book, some of the content. And so over about 18 months, I crafted a book that was the first thing we produced uh, through our, our ministry. It's called The Talks. And it's basically just uh, a subtitle, A Parent's Guide to uh, Critical Conversations About Sex, Dating, and Other Unmentionables. Just everything from soup to nuts, A to Z, about uh, this culture and how to help your kids navigate it. But Krista, honestly, what led us to be convicted about those issues was not working with teenagers or their parents. Uh, our, our role at that church for nine years had us working a great deal with young married couples. We did uh, to about 500 couples through marriage prep workshops and got to disciple and be life on light close with a bunch of 25-year-old newlyweds. And, and what we saw in those 25-year-old newlyweds were these beautiful people, dual income, uh, successful in every way. In our mind, the first year of marriage, my wife and I talk about this all the time, these young couples should have been literally swinging from the chandeliers sexually. But yet, in close under the, conversation, under the category of things that have never been said on the longer hall before, swinging from the stinking <laughs> chandelier, and yet more and more of these young married couples uh, were struggling in the area of, of intimacy. Um, enough, enough brokenness from their developmental years, teenage years, college years, whether it be promiscu promiscuity or whether it be uh, pornography addiction or whether it be um, uh, many girls who had been programmed by their mamas since they were, you know, adolescents that sex is bad, sex is bad, whatever you do, don't have sex, stay away from boys, you'll catch a disease, you'll get pregnant, bad, 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 bad. And these girls walk down an aisle uh, and go leave their honeymoon, their, their, their reception of their wedding for a honeymoon. And then mama, 
who's been telling the same bad news for a dozen years, sex is bad, whispers in their ear, hey, hey, it's fine now, have fun. And these young women not able to turn the corner and realize that, that sexuality is a gift from God. So all the brokenness that we saw in these young married couples, I'm thinking these 25-year-olds uh, 10 years ago could have been helped by parents who gave them more clear direction about God's design for sex, guarding what they need to be guarding, have a positive view of what God made to be good. Uh, so there's not so much baggage and brokenness taken to marriage. So all that to say, that conviction helped us to realize there's a real hole, a real gap in the local church where the world is talking ad nauseum about sexuality and the church is by and large pretty silent about it. And, and so we said, what does it look like for us to leave what we're doing now in the local church and step into a, a new role where we equip uh, moms and dads and uh, ministries and churches to, to have conversations about sexuality? And, and to help parents navigate some of these conversations, to tee up conversations so that what is taboo and uncomfortable and awkward uh, becomes a little more normalized. Now, now, obviously, most of these conversations we talk about are always going to be a bit awkward. Nobody steps into these conversations as a parent comfortably. It's, it's always a bit weird, but it doesn't mean you can't do it. You've got to st- keep on stepping into it and pressing into these conversations. And so we're committed as a ministry. Four years ago, we launched a nonprofit and uh, our ministry is committed to helping families have these conversations because they desperately need to. Yeah, Barrett, I remember whenever you were, you know, going through some of that, trying to make that decision to to do that, and and I also I think one of the the parts I love most about the story was, um, you know, months, year, two years, whatever it ended up, I, I, I would follow up with you and I would say, man, how's it going? Yeah, and and I was always blessed and encouraged to hear uh, that God, sure enough, was providing, and, sure. uh, and 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 God's been blessing at least for four four years now, and yeah, um, and and what you're doing is is working, and well, I think I, I think I heard, I think it was Andy Stanley. I still can't remember where I heard it, but let's quote it to Andy Stanley at a conference somewhere. He says, "All the great find stuff. the thing, yeah, all the great stuff." He said, "Find the thing that God's called you to do." that if you don't do it, that the body of Christ will suffer. And I thought, I've got a great job at a great church, a healthy church. They, they, they pay me a decent living. I, it's, it's, I got a great job. I could stay here as long as I want to stay here. But I can name a dozen guys who could do my job and probably do it better than me. This thing that God was kind of stirring in us was something we felt like there was a major gap or a hole in the church, that if we didn't do it, um, we feel like the body of Christ would suffer. So uh, four years ago, we quit our day job at the church and launched this nonprofit. And so we're support-based. Uh, I had blogged under the name for seven or eight, nine years before. I had blogged under the name uh, Info for Families. Info is an acronym. I-N-F-O uh, stands for Imperfect Normal Families Only, which is all of us. And so that already had kind of a platform, the blog did. And so when we launched our ministry, we, we kept it under Info for Families. That's kind of what we are uh, heading under right now and all of our ministry tools and resources and, and, uh, you know, events, that kind of thing. Yeah. Day to day day now, day to now is you still blog, but you also have several books out and we'll, we'll give you an opportunity to kind of talk about some of those. Everybody wants this resource here in a little bit. Um, but you've got the books out, but you also, you still go and you do parent conferences. Sure. You're speaking on these issues. You're helping both couples as they're getting married, but you're also dealing with this issue of the sexualized culture and, and yeah. helping parents navigate these challenging waters. Let's jump into that for a minute then. So thinking about just youth pastors and the fact that you've got that in, in your DNA as well, um, what have you learned that would 
be a help to other youth pastors, you know? So that's, that's who our audience is. Yeah. We're all a bunch of youth pastors. Jody and I are youth pastors, right? Yeah. And so you've got an opportunity to kind of say some things. Hey man, here's some stuff that I've learned that, that if I had an opportunity to maybe shift your attention a little bit more in this area, that yeah. kind of like what comes to your mind? I I think that that's uh and this this isn't the, your audience, but some youth pastors out there. Let's not talk about your audience because your audience is awesome. But some youth pastors out there, I think, have a mindset that that they're kind of the hero, that they're they're gonna they're gonna solve the problems, they're gonna they're gonna teach the right stuff, they're gonna create the experiences, and and help kids they're ministering to to encounter Jesus and get caught up in him and, and have a changed life. And that's probably true for most folks called to ministry. Nothing wrong with that. But as it relates to parents, um, I think mom and dad out there, uh, while I certainly value a, a youth pastor that has a great influence on their kid's life, those parents know that that youth, that youth pastor will only be in their kid's life for a season or um, their kid's going to grow up and go off college or that youth pastor is going to go on a different church. I think the parents are, are looking for every opportunity to be that hero in their kids' lives. Now, again, it, it gets awkward and it gets weird. And, and, you know, every 15-year-old kid thinks parents are a little bit odd, but that's always going to be there. But if, if youth pastors can see their role as, as helping parents be successful in this area, uh, then I think that's a win. And that's in every area, but particularly related to these things. Because obviously a youth pastor can speak in generalities over certain things. Uh, about principles and truths and, and God's design for sexuality, all those different things. And, and youth pastors should do that as a part of their ministry. But I think in the day-to-day operation of life, uh, it's mom and dad who are hovering over the kids. It's mom and dad who are in their business, aware of what they're doing, what kind of relationships they're having, um, what they're doing online. Uh, it's parents that, that have a, a, a more in-touch reality of those things. So as youth pastors can, can, can give parents the tools they need the conversation starters that are, that are there um, help parents feel adequate and capable in these areas. Then, then suddenly parent feels like the hero parent feels equipped. And then obviously youth pastor becomes the hero to the parent, but then the parent can become the hero to the kid. And so uh, if any coaching in general, I would give is, is to encourage youth leadership and youth pastor type types to, to look for every opportunity they can to make their parents winners, not, not the weirdos, not the, the people who are in the way of effective ministry, but the means to real effective life on life ministry with their kids, if that's at all possible. So let's say, let's say you are, let's say somebody's listening. There's a listener just starting out, right? They're, they're not married. Yeah. They don't have kids. You, you were 20. You said I was 18 when I started. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't even know I wasn't a parent at all, let alone a parent of a teenager. Those conversations were, far off in the distance. Sure. How, how would you say, like, what are some practical ways that like you're saying that they can engage and encourage those parents to do that? N- having never been a parent yet and, and carry credibility. I think is, is the key is to take advantage of available resources. Yeah. Uh, obviously a 40 year old dad of a 15 year old girl or a 15-year-old boy isn't going to be thrilled when the 20-year-old comes and says, let me tell you how to parent your kid. I, I, I hope, I think I knew that when I was 20 years old. Uh, I knew it a little bit, probably know it more now looking back. But but I think most 20-year-old or 25-year-old kind of young youth ministers know they don't know what their parents uh, have experienced, what they're going through. But I think if that, that, that 25-year-old or that young youth pastor can be a conduit 
of good resources, good tools to say, hey, I'm not the expert. I'm, I don't have any experience in this area of your role of par- as a parent, but I know somebody who is. Or there's a great video series. Hey, we're going to tee up a, a six-week study on Wednesday nights when the kids are having their youth meeting. We're going to have a parent meeting uh, utilizing a video series or, or bring in an adult that everyone respects the church who's you know, killing it in this area or some area. I think to pass on uh, opportunities to those who are credible experts uh, in the realm of your church or in the realm of, of uh, video resources, whatever, and and again, make those things available to to to, to be able to say, I, I'm not the guy, but I know who is the guy. Let me be a conduit of information for you. you do you think? Do you find when you're talking to parents that I, I think like in, in every context I've been in, I think most parents just feel very inadequate. Definitely. And, and I find what I end up doing a lot is just encouraging them. Definitely. That they, they can do this and, and yes. trying to facilitate conversation among parents to let them see that they are all feeling the same. Like they're all yeah. in it together. Indeed. And, and that's um, where the, that's where a circle of chairs around a topic or, or, a, a, you know, even a Facebook online page, whatever, where parents can engage and not, not air their dirty laundry on you know, online and social media environments, but, but can share common experiences, common realities that, Hey, what you're dealing with, I'm dealing with there's, and again, that's been the whole crux of our ministry, you know, in, in, in perfect, normal families only, we're all screwed up. You know, let's all agree. We're broken. We're desperately in need of, of God to show us the way and uh, creating those, those communities or those gatherings where parents can relate and share their stories is, is a phenomenal opportunity. Yeah, I think uh, to realize our inadequacies are all similar. Inadequacies are all similar, and we're all making it up as we go. There's, Indeed, you know. And so. I used to have five theories on raising kids. Uh, now I have five kids and no theories on raising kids. <laughs> I don't right. have a clue what I'm doing. Um, but that's a great thing for a parent to even to admit to their kids. Yeah, uh, you know, I, 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 there's no manual on you. I'm doing my very best. Give me some grace. Let's work through this together. And. Uh, I thought I was the it's only one that had, I thought I was the only one that had played that card. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure this out. <laughs> well, but but here's the thing too. Me, you got to tell your parents. Give me a break. No, no. And, and what's problem is is that work? You know, parents being a know-it-all can do that with a, an eight-year-old. That kid is 14, 15 years old and gets some abstract thinking and can argue back. When a parent is wrong and the kid knows the parent is wrong. And the parent knows the kid knows the parent is wrong, but the parent still doubles down and says, no, I'm right. Then you got a credibility issue. And so, again, it's a great – the best thing a parent can say is, hey, I was wrong, or I'm sorry, or I blew it, or I don't have a clue what I'm doing. That, that, connect, that breeds connection. It doesn't breed disrespect. That's why that's you connect with the hearts of your kids. Let's be broken nice. together. Barrett, let me um, – this might be a little bit of a backtrack here um, in, a, in a way maybe, but – how bad a shape are we with 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 all of this culture right now? Are things are things worse? Do you feel like I think they're definitely I mean, worse? And, every every, and, every generation. Do you think parents? No, no. Are aware, or do you think no, no. people are still? No, they're not. Yeah, they're not. Heads are still in the sand. Yeah. Um, I think every generation says, "Well, every generation is kind of the same." I think the technology piece in the last fifteen years, ten years, the smartphone movement has radically changed everything. I know you and Jody, you guys talk about this on your podcast all the time. I know that that, that, that plays a, a huge impact of how things have shifted so quickly, quickly technologically. I, I heard it said this way once. I, I think where 20 years ago, 
parents worked hard to protect their kids from content and what's out there. I think in many ways now you got 15, 16 year olds who are protecting their parents from content that's out there because of what they're being exposed to and the realities because mom and dad are so oblivious as to how things have changed and how quickly they've changed. And I think for us in our ministry and what gives us the conviction to do what we do truly was those newlyweds that, that, that these 25 year olds we've worked with the last four, five, six, seven years. It's the first generation that grew up with smartphones in their pockets. And it's like a, it's like, they're like the results of a 10 year longitudinal study of the impact of this technology on our kids. And the data is not good. I mean, it is, it is devastating. And so when I think about the impact of pornography, for example, on this generation of young men and, and increasingly young women, they're taking that stuff into marriage and it's impacting their marriages more than anything else has impacted marriages before. And it's not like it's, it shows up 10 or 15 years down the road when you have some kind of a, of a, of a blow up in a relationship. It's, it's from, from square one, from day one of the marriage, it's kind of the elephant in the room that, uh, that breaks down a fundamental part uh, of what God meant to be a, a, a key connector in marriage, the two become one flesh thing that the word is so clear on. And so the issues are huge. And, and our ministry has been committed to for the last couple of years. And I think we'll do this to the day we die, or at least until it gets weird because we're too old to do it. But our, our goal is, or our calling is to almost to sound a wake-up call to, to a generation of parents to say, hey, what your kids are facing and encountering every day technologically and relationally and what the world is selling them is going to impact them. And you've got to be aware of that and help them navigate some of this stuff because uh, the impact is huge. How, uh, how do you think or how do you see the conversations changing in light of all of the swirling culture around sexual identity and gender? I mean, it, I, I would imagine that, that, that that's a whole nother avenue. You've got parents already struggling to have the talk, yeah. and now it's like, oh, there's this also. Yeah. It's it's changed dramatically, and it's that's one issue that in the last, what, 10 years or so has, has shifted so radically across Western culture where, where certain things that, that 95% of the population kind of agreed was, was, you know, abnormal behavior is, is in 10 years, if you don't embrace it fully, then something's wrong with you. Yeah. And so our kids are great being raised in a culture, unlike us, as, you know, 40, 50 year old, you know, middle-aged people who have seen that shift and we can cling to the, to the, an old way of thinking, you know, my, my 18 year old has grown up in a culture that, you know, it's, it's always been normal that the, the gay is just an alternative lifestyle who are we to judge? And if someone thinks they're a different gender, what, you know, who, who are we to say that they're wrong? You know, that's normal for, for his peers. And so, um, we're seeing that shift happen more and more. I'm, I'm counseling more parents struggling over, uh, Hey, my kid is gay or says they're gay, or my kid is, is thinks they're another gender. And, and more and more of that, that we never saw 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or at least very, very infrequently. And so, the dialogue has still got to be, I think, from a fundamental place of saying that, that God is the creator of sexuality. And so therefore, as the creator of it, God gets to decide how it works. And the culture and the, the, the environment, the world we live in, entertainment, media, they're going to shift and they're going to move. But, but we're going to cling to God's truth on this. Uh, now, that message is harder and harder uh, when 
the culture around our kids gives them a radically different message all the time. Uh, but it's still one we have to start giving our kids early, I think, if we're going to cling to a biblical worldview and, uh, and stick with and, and hold to. Now, unfortunately, for the parent who says, I want to do that with my kids, but I think my kid you know, is, is struggling with their gender identity or their sexual identity, a parent's got to find a way to still cling to that truth but, but love that kid like nobody's business. You know, that's the challenge for that parent who, what do I do with my kid who, who, who's landed there? Well, you know, that parent's got to love that kid and hope and pray God brings someone else who's going to bring the hard, heavy truth because of obviously the, the, the suicide depression rate among folks in that world is, is so high, mainly rooted in rejection from parents uh, in the middle of that. So it's a struggle, but we can't compromise on, on what, we, what we teach and what we believe and what we say about what the truth is and what God made the truth to be. Let's uh, let's role play for just a second, if we could. Um, in a, in a sense, Here, here's what I want to think through for a second, Barrett. Like I, I want to think about someone listening potentially. Um, doesn't even necessarily have to be somebody who's young and just starting out. Maybe it's just someone who's at a church. Maybe they've even been there for a while. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. That said, though, they hear some of this and they go, "Yeah, you know, I kind of hear God stirring in my heart on this." And I probably need to do a better job equipping parents, but I'm not really doing much of that at all. And for the last 25 minutes, I've been drinking out of a fire hose, you know, hearing all of this. and I'm a little overwhelmed. Yeah. So if I wanted to, if I wanted to slow that roll just a little bit there and go, what's something I could do to just kind of get started? Like yeah. what are what are maybe a few ideas? Maybe and, and, and it's not just the one thing, but a few maybe ideas that we could say, hey, here are a couple things we could potentially do to start to turn that ship a little bit. Not freak everybody out, but yet start to yeah. turn that ship and move that, <clears throat> that in a different direction. You know, I, I think when I was a youth pastor, I, I didn't have near enough just parent briefings where I, I offered a moment on a Sunday afternoon or a, even Sunday morning during Bible study or whatever to, to put parents of the youth I was working with in a room together and, and say, hey, here's, here's what we're trying to do. Here's what's going on. Here's some of the issues we're seeing stirring up in our kids in this culture, particularly in our youth ministry. I didn't do enough of that. And so I think if a parent doesn't have, I mean, a youth pastor doesn't have in their regular schedule some place to connect with, share hearts, hear from parents, uh, you know, just to, to dialogue about some of that. I think a youth pastor needs to kind of build that in their annual calendar. And maybe it's look at their annual calendar and say, hey, four times a year, we, we have a, you know, maybe it's a Sunday afternoon or maybe it's a Sunday morning, whatever it is, four, four times a year we have a gathering and, and we talk about an issue. Maybe we bring in an expert or, or maybe it's just me as youth pastor sharing, here's what's going on, here's what we're trying to do, here's how you can help, how can I help you? Uh, so that's a starting place as a, as a regular discipline. I think that that's absent, probably too absent in youth ministries. Yeah, and I like that. So start. I like that a lot yeah. there because I think um, what that does is that that just gives you a moment where, and 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 even if you do have kids, I still think that your approach can be. I'm just trying to have a conversation with you. I just want to have dialogue. Here's an sure. art. Here's an article I read. Yep. How do we feel Great. about this? Or here is a, here are some bullet points from a book I read, 
or here's yep. a video that I saw that I thought I would show right. us. Let's have a conversation. Now, here's the bad news of that, Chris, and you know this in your experience. If you have 200 parents you're working with in your church and you have that on a Sunday afternoon, you're going to have 18 parents show up. Yep. <laughs> it's going to be the 18 parents who are already B plus, A minus parents. Um, but I think still trying to do that and keeping the pressing into that, it's worth doing. And, and that also uh, kind of uh, it, it, uh, diffuses any problem with parents later on saying, well, our, they didn't tell us or we're out of the loop. Well, I'm trying to do that with you. That's that's a great discipline. But in one of those, but it takes you're doing that discipline. Bear, but I don't mean to interrupt yeah. you, but, but it also no. part, of, part of the wisdom in that, though, is if you go into that and you're prepared and you have 18 yep. and yep. you leave them with something good. Hopefully yep. they walk out and in the next couple of weeks they're having conversations. Did you go to the thing with Bear? You know, like, or did you go to it? And that was really good. Like that was yep. good. And they feel like, and, and but that's not going to happen overnight. That's going to take nope. consistency. But if you're in for the long haul, Chris, it's going to be okay. <laughs> Joe, do you hear how he's doing us, man? I don't even. That's know. twice. I know, man. No. Well, he's trying anyway. to earn that featured presentation. That's, feature, that's right. This is this is a feature presentation. I'm, I'm bringing my A game here, fellas. Uh, but I think it's a part of that. I think one of those you should deal with these issues. Um, you know, there's the hypersexualization of our culture and what our kids are being exposed to. Um, I think that's definitely one of those times you can talk about that. There's some great resources out there as well. There's some great, you know, four or six week long little video series that I think you can introduce to your parents right now. Media has got a lot of uh, tools like that. Our, our, our DVD that we do call the talks is on right now media and a lot of churches have just streamed it for their parents on a Wednesday night or whatever, just to get the dialogue started. Um, and to be honest, you know, talking to your kids about sex and uh, being intentional to guard it and dating with some measure of intention and all those different things, uh, you know, being uh, committed to, to, you know, kind of guarding your technology a little bit, uh, giving some oversight and accountability there. Those are things that most parents are not doing. So the minute you introduce that kind of stuff, it, it already is kind of cu- counterculture. Uh, it already is kind of against the flow of what the masses are doing. But I think what we're getting from the masses right now is a bunch of garbage. I think we're seeing a lot of brokenness. We're seeing a lot of effects. So, uh it's easy for a youth pastor to find some resources, videos or studies, whatever else. Right now, media has got some great tools to tee up for your parents. And, and uh, so, again, I think you can do a small group study of some kind to say, hey, we, we realize these issues are affecting our kids. What can we do as parents to kind of come alongside each other and realize let's all be countercultural together? I like it. Yeah, man. So enough. Good stuff. Do you, so, like, I know, okay, so we, I don't know if we've ever talked about this in the podcast, but I know that, Chris, you and I have talked about this before. Um, like, in our house, as far as kind of some of that oversight filtering stuff goes, right, we both have the circle in the house, which kind of filters some of that and allows me to manage yeah. some of that stuff. Um, obviously, parental, control, parental controls and stuff on your phone. Like, I know we can even go in with our wireless provider and set up some of that stuff as well. I think that's just some of the, even some of that really basic kind of things like that, parents just don't think about or don't know. Yep. And uh, our kids, you know, they complain all the time, but like we, we have a charging station downstairs, like in our kitchen. That's where the devices stay in the evening, you know, at night. Mm-hmm. Doom, they go there, they don't go home, they don't go upstairs. Um, but as a youth pastor, Man, I've watched 
that implode in so many families and students' lives. So unfortunately for my kids, they get to live with that reality. Well, and that's what we, uh, you know, our presentation that we do called Critical Conversations, you know, so many parents go, well, my kids aren't, you know, teenagers yet. We don't have to deal with that yet. But I think for a parent who can tell their seven-year-old, hey, you may get a smartphone one day, but when you get it, here's going to be the rules for it. Yeah. That sure is a whole lot easier to start that indoctrination when they're young, five years before they get a smartphone, than to give them a smartphone and say, oh, by the way, here's the rules. That can be uh, World War Three in some homes. Well, and even uh, like even on like an Xbox or a PlayStation, if they're you know if they've got Xbox Live or if they've got, I mean, they can play Minecraft and be talking to people. Um, so I think uh, my point is, I guess that that, that influence starts. And it comes from so many directions now. It's not yep. It's not just a phone. It's not just a movie. It's not just a TV show. It's not just friends at school. It's like everywhere. It's coming yep. at them from everywhere. And I, I just think a lot of parents don't realize it. And I don't know that a lot of youth pastors know how to really approach that. So yeah, I, I love it. I love what you're saying. It's good. Well, I think that's what we have to do. We have to educate. I think that's part of the part of what where what what i would say you know having done this for a little while um to folks that are listening that aren't doing anything at all is to at least have some meeting some kind of talk where you are trying to wave that banner a little bit and say hey parents please pay attention you know pay but here's what we lead all of our all of our breakouts or all of our workshops we do chris is well, we leave with this. We say, we believe that those things that, that God made that in God's creation that make God look awesome, that, that cause humanity to go, God, you are, you are good. May you be praised. The things that make God look great are the very things that the enemy of our God allocates resources to to screw up in our lives. Yeah. It, it's, like, it's like he says, it's like in the war room of hell, they're having a business meeting and they say, Okay, uh, you know this makes the God look good. Let's put our best people on screwing that up, and and nothing fits that bill better than human sexuality. The, 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 this thing that should be the source of our greatest joy and connection and intimacy and celebration and pleasure and all the things that God made sex to be in the confines of covenant marriage is the source of in so many people's lives, even married people's lives, the source of their greatest pain and shame and brokenness and hurt, and most of it started when they were. 13, 16, 18 years old. That's where it got derailed. Yeah. And so we want to create an environment in our ministry where we say, parents, churches, let's embr- let's declare sex is incredibly good. It is a good gift from God. It's fantastic. We tell our teenagers in our house growing up, if you know, if you come to the master bedroom door and it's locked, go away. You don't want to know what's going on in here. But <laughs> but but it's a good thing going on in there. Positive, positive, positive. Not this sex is bad message that so many parents unintentionally give their kids. Or it's a secret thing they have to go explore on their own, you know? And so to give your kids and help parents to give a positive spin. There are parameters, though. There is God's design, and here's his design for how we approach this. But start young having that conversation. That's, that's what's got to happen. Parents have got to step into that conversation with their kids. And, and to be honest, that's why we named our book The Talks with an S on the end. Too many parents have an idea. It's a you know, one and done, birds and bees. You know, here's how babies are made. Woo, got that check you know, box marked off. I'm through with that. 
No, from 10 to 12 to 14. Is, all along the way, there's a series of bazillion conversations you've got to get comfortable talking about. And so I think a youth pastor who's considering what it looks like is how do you help your parents begin to get more comfortable or be equipped to have these conversations so that their kids can be successful in navigating what is a minefield through their developmental years before they get to the, to the marriage altar uh, one day. So when you're saying start young, like, I mean, do you have a suggestion for parents on that? Well, Barry, uh, well, and, and, and say this, but the, the book was almost almost not called the talks. What was our early original title, Chris? What, what title do you remember? I had several that I was circulating. So, so at one point, you were thinking about calling it Sooner, right? Sooner was a working title. It would sell big in yeah. Oklahoma, but nowhere else. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Sooner, because it answers the question. When do you talk about this stuff with your kids? Well, sooner yeah. than you think you need. Yeah, um, sure. the, the, the The public dialogue has, has fast-tracked or required parents to get there earlier. Because we tell parents, we say, Mom and Dad, you want your kids to hear everything from you before they hear from somebody else. Yeah, And because of all the delivery systems in our media today, that means every conversation about every topic has got to come younger than you ever imagined. Um, but that's okay. You know, you got to do that. And it's going to be all right. They can hear from mom and dad, a trustworthy source before they hear from somebody else. If a kid's got a question, they can find an answer. And you don't want your kids Googling stuff, you know, yeah, you don't, sure. you know, I'm going to their friends. I tell my kids, you know, Hey, your friends are going to tell you what to know about sex. Your friends are all morons. Come to me. I'll, I'll tell you the truth. We'll talk about it. You can trust me. I care about you more than your friends do. I'll tell you the truth, and we'll figure it out together. But but don't don't go to the wrong places for information. That's good. So related to, you know, we're talking about several different things. One, we're talking about China. You know, in, in a sense, we've been talking a lot about how to equip parents. Um, just dealing with all the sexuality that's going on. You know, right. And now you just talked just a little bit about the whole um, just parents that want to talk about sex with their kids. Yeah. All these topics could be a little sensitive depending on where you're serving. Right. So fair to recommend a little bit of um, caution may not be the right word, but use wisdom. If you're if you're listening yeah. and you're starting to think about maybe jumping into some of this, make sure you know your culture, make sure you yeah. know your church, and make sure that you're not um, overstepping. Don't be afraid to deal with it, but take the take steps appropriately. At, at the right time, I think, and I say I think that because you know Jody and I, and, and Bear Fuldis. I mean, yeah, Jody and I feel the weight at times when we're saying some of these things. You know, we don't want to get somebody fired. You know, it's yeah, we don't want to get. But here's you know, the, you know, we I, don't want to. Yeah, I think many young, many youth pastors have gotten in trouble over dealing, talking to sixteen year olds or 12, 13 year olds about abortion or pornography and masturbation or you know all these different things they've got trouble talking to the kids about it because every parent freaks out. I don't want you telling my kids something that I don't know, I'm not aware of. There's a greater, a much, much uh, le- uh, decreased risk of that when you are equipping moms and dads to have these conversations. Yeah, totally. And so if, if, if anything, uh, people come to us all the time in our ministry. Hey, would you come talk to our, you know, high school ministry? And, and maybe we'll do that. We'll, we'll, we'll do that occasionally. But we, we tell parents, we tell youth leaders, I, I don't want to talk to your teenagers. I want to talk to your teenagers' parents. 
because the, the average 15 year old kid who doesn't know me, I'm just that weird 50 year old dude that they don't know talking about awkward things. And there's not rapport and relationship to be able to have, you know, the, the, the credibility to deliver that information or to have those conversations. I can have that conversation with another 45 year old dad to let him know the issues, what's going on so that he can make sure he's got his heart, the heart of his kid. And he's pressing and having these conversations because a kid can hear from dad a lot better than hear from that strange guy that came to the church on a Wednesday night to talk at youth, youth group, whatever. That's just a big difference thing. So, so I think a, a, a youth leader who says, let me bring in someone to talk to my parents runs a, a lot, much a lesser list, uh, risk of getting uh, in trouble, if you will, than introducing these topics to 14-year-olds on Wednesday nights. Good stuff. Yeah, that's good. That's great. As we're getting close to the end of this thing, Barrett, anything else on your heart, on your mind, as you have an opportunity just to speak into some youth pastors here? And you've you know said what? I, I've I, said a lot, so I don't. Well, again, no pressure. There. And I'm not. I'm seriously not blowing smoke here, uh, or blowing sunshine up somebody's backside. I, I, I am thrilled that, that the two of you guys are committed to having this regular conversation too pour into youth pastors. You guys have been there and done that a while and, and you're creating these conversations. I think it's fantastic that, that you're just holding the bar high for what youth pastors should do as they lead and as they you know uh, create programs and ministries and opportunities to make disciples. I, I think it's phenomenal. So no, keep on doing what y'all are doing. Uh, I, we speak to a niche. Um, I, I love it when youth pastors love kids and love Jesus and 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 uh, partner with parents to see kids fall in love with Him as well. Uh, so any any youth pastor is committed to doing that and committed to growing and, and learning. Uh, more power to you. I, I love you guys. I I want to be your cheerleader. I could put on one of those Will Ferrell Saturday Night Live Spartan cheerleader uniforms and mm. just cheer you guys on. I would do it. Yeah. Thanks for that visual. Ugh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, let's talk about where where everybody can find you, man. Because here's what I know, um, and let me say this, friends that are listening, um, I know Barrett, and I think you guys know if you've listened much. Jody and I are bringing folks on that we trust. You know, if we're going to put a voice out there to you guys, it's people that we trust and that we would trust at our own church. And and Barrett's a friend, um, and he's a guy that I trust that he and I have had hours upon hours of conversations about a lot of this stuff. And we have solved the world's problems. More times than we possibly know. And truth be known about, I would go with like maybe 5% of all of his books is stuff that he's stolen from me. And yeah, so, I'd go maybe 7 or 8%, Chris. It's probably yeah. higher than that. You know, is it 7 or 8 now? Okay, yeah. So, Well, you know, but it was, but it was, it was created, it was in community. And so I felt like it was, you thought, I felt like it was public you domain. It was like, you felt like it was like free rights, though. What do you call that? What's that, what's that, Jody? Um, what's that word? I don't know. Creative. What I, what public you, domain. It's public, public domain. domain? Yeah, yeah, okay. I don't know about that. You know, I mean, you could have, you could have written it first. You just didn't. Yeah, she didn't. You're right. Like, that's, that's what I say all the time. Um, so all that to say, though, hey, listen, uh, you, Barrett, I, I know you well enough to volunteer you for this. You really are available sure. to help folks with this kind of stuff in multiple yeah, we, ways. We Number it. one, you would have a yeah. if, if a guy wanted to have a conversation with you over the phone, you'd be more willing yeah. to do that kind of deal. Most certainly. But not only that, let's 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 just go ahead and make a plug for yourself real quick. I know that's always awkward, but let's talk about yeah. the books you have available and what you potentially would be available to do when it comes to traveling going to sure. somewhere because somebody may be interested in that. They may hear you and go and, and, and not to mention your wife is amazing. 
yeah. she comes with you a lot of times on these things. He does. He, he's, yeah. he's, she's smarter and prettier than I am. So that goes, she's got that going for her. Yeah. So talk to us for a second, just real quick. Well, we, we love to speak. We love to do conferences. We do a lot of marriage and parenting things, but our, our real heart truly is to, to do a, a 90 minute presentation at church to parents of, you know, everyone from 18 year old kids down to, you know, five and six and seven year olds. We do a, a 90 minute presentation called critical conversations in the local church. And we've done that at first Baptist Houston and, and Prestonwood and uh, Buckhead church here in this neck of the woods. We, we, we kind of get around doing that. And so uh, we love doing that. It's a great event uh, for a wide swap. Uh, we, you told me I'm credible and you spoke sacred things about me. The grounds of my probation don't allow me to cross state lines until a couple years from now, you know, they're still, that's still real, have, real funny. Real. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, no, we love we love Georgia stuff. We love Texas stuff. We love getting all over the South, and, and we've even been far away. But uh, so we love doing those events. Um, our real heartbeat is just equip parents and to help tee up these conversations that can be awkward. So the events help to do that to give you some information and some tools in your tool belt. We blog a little bit, and so there's stuff on our blog at infoforfamilies.com, and you can go and search. But but resources we've we've gotten. We've written three or four books now. We've got a our talks book is kind of our manifesto. And so whether you got kids that are six years old or 16 years old, it's kind of a big picture of how to help your kids have a uh, healthy, biblical, God-honoring view of their sexuality and to kind of help them uh, navigate some of the issues they're going to face and to have a, a wise view of dating and relationships and moving towards marriage even. So, so that's the talks talk. is a great book. But you also have a, you have, a, you have a guy's book as well. I love this book. Well, yeah, well, there's a DVD part of the talks. You can find that on Right Now oh, Media. Okay, good. Just look at the talks DVD there. That's great for small groups and that kind of thing. We have a study guide that goes along with that. Um, so, so again, after the talks, and that was kind of our big manifesto, after about two years, uh, more and more parents said, this is great. We love it. It's given me a good picture of all this. Love the book. I, I need more hands-on for my teenagers. And so about a year ago, we released a book called The Young Man's Guide to Awesomeness. And it's a book to put in the hands of your teenage boys, you know, aged probably 13 to 18 I've even had a couple of youth pastors call me and say, this is my favorite now go-to book to put in the hands of a small group of guys to read through together because it deals with, with key, three key issues. The, the subtitle of, of The Young Man's Guide to Awesomeness is uh, how to guard your heart, get the girl, and save the world. Those three kind of components are the three headings. Guarding your heart talks all about pornography and thought life and even touches on masturbation a little bit. Um, the, the, the get the girl part is how to enter dating relationships, when to enter a dating relationship, how, how to be chivalrous in the process and how to guard and protect women. Um, and then uh, how to save the world is more about you know, building a life of purpose. Uh, too many teenage boys uh, live exciting lives on Xbox, but have kind of neglected to realize that God is want to tell, wants to tell a great story with their lives every day. And so finding their relationship with him to be satisfying and moving forward. And what's great about that book, Chris, you know, is that uh, most boys don't want to read books. And so it's very short and engaging and it's got quick little summaries of things. So it's real easy to read, but it's also got 25 QR codes through the book that you can scan your smartphone over with a QR reader and up harps a video. And there's about 25 video illustrations or testimonies from guys who illustrate the point I'm making. I mean, to have a chapter about pornography and then to have, after reading that chapter, a testimony, you know, three or four minutes long on video of a guy I know who's a 25-year-old newlywed who talks about how his porn addiction from teenage years and college years uh, kind of showed up in his marriage mm. and it didn't go away. Man. Which, again, every young man I know who's had a porn problem in high school and college thinking, I'll get married and then I'll have a healthy outlet for my sexual desires and my porn problem will go away. 
So far, I'm about 0 for 100 on that subject. No one's problem ever goes away. And so talking about the impact of what you do now on what happens in the future. So that's a great resource that, that we've uh, pushed to many young men. And so it's a great tool to give to teenage guys and to read through with. And then uh, just to keep on tooting my horn. Toot your horn. Uh, you got something new coming well, out, right? Well, this next month, we're releasing next a month, month from now. In, next that's month. That's amazing. Is a, book, is a book for girls, but it's it's more strategic in that, in that it's designed to tee up conversations between a teenage girl and her father. Um, what we realize, I've raised two teenage girls now and they're in their twenties now. Uh, what I've realized talking to other dads is it's great to have daddy's girl and that's easy when they're young and sweet. The minute those girls uh, hit adolescence and, uh, get curves and, uh, get, uh, you know, hormones, something gets weird in that relationship. And what was once very easy and fluid and sweet now can be difficult, but there's a lot of conversations that a dad needs to continue to have with his daughter uh, that, uh, this book kind of holds your hand through it. So it's a great idea. It's a great novel approach. The book is called meet me in the middle and it's two books in one. If you look at it one way, it's a book for girls. You flip it over 180 degrees and upside down and it's a book for dads. And so it's two books in one. One starts on one side, the, the girl starts on one side, the dad starts on the other side and you read through the book, 10 chapters covering the same 10 topics, uh, your identity, uh, beauty, uh, friends, because friend drama with girls is crazy. Uh, you know, uh, boys, sex, pornography, uh, God, all these different things. Uh, and, and each the girl reads a chapter, the dad reads a chapter. You hand the book back and forth, and then you go to coffee or you go get ice cream or you take a ride in the car or whatever, and talk about each of those chapters, discussion questions, kind of daddy daughter date ideas, just to keep a dad and a daughter connected during this season when it can be a little more difficult. And then the books, two books, meet in the middle. You see what I did there? Meet You're me in the so middle. Clever. The You're so meet clever. in the middle. There's kind of a, a pledge in the middle there of, of offering unconditional love to one another that this is going to be weird, but you'll always be my girl. You'll always be my dad. Let's stay close to one another. We need each other. Um, and a little frameable thing you can cut out and put in a five by seven frame. It's just the coolest project we've ever done. And that comes out in about a month. You can pre-order it now on our website, and, and we're just thrilled about what God's going to do with that tool. Yeah, and full listen, full disclosure, because this may sound like a little bit of a commercial. Oh yeah, but but full disclosure, Barrett's not a Barrett's not a sponsor. We, yeah, again, we're just we believe in what he's doing. I believe in what he's doing, and that's why we wanted to make this this aware. And I know he's such a great guy that what I'm about to put him on the spot with that he's obviously going to say yes to this. Let's give. Away, I'll say yes to. Anything. Let's give away a book or two. No, let's give away, let's give away. one of each. Can we give away one of each? I'll, I'll give you a DVD series. I'll give you one of every one of our resources, Chris Trent. Just you're going to give me a book. You're going to give me you're gonna, the new book. I'll give you a copy of the talks. I'll the give talks. you a DVD of the talks and a study guide with that. I'll give you a, a copy of the Young Man's Guide to Awesomeness, which has a quote by Chris Trent in it, mind yeah. you. And then, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then I'll throw okay, in so, when we when we when we get them the new book. Yeah. So we'll yeah we'll do the the new one as well. And and so we'll take care of Jody and I'll take care of the shipping on it. Um, sure. but, uh, so here's what we'll do. Uh, the soup, what if we soup, we'll put a, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I have an idea of how we can do this. Well, I want to, I, I, I just want to give it away on the, on the podcast, the Facebook podcast page. Oh yeah. Okay. So I'll put a link. I'll put a link. I'll, 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 I'll make a post about it. Wait, wait, wait. What, what if Jody's idea is better? It's not. There's no way his idea is better. <laughs> and, <laughs> See what what is your idea? See what I have to put up with? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, no, I was just going to create a giveaway page so no. I could go and enter and then share it. Let, let, let's push traffic to the Facebook page. 
but you're going to have to, but we're, we'll put it on there, but they have to have listened. Matter of fact, we're going to, no, I can't do that. We're, you're going to have to just say, yes, I listened. It's an honor code. And so we'll give everybody a little time. We'll give everybody a couple of weeks or whatever. And uh, Wait, when does the, when does meet me in the middle come out? I need about four more weeks. It just we got a green light from our publisher so, just about uh, twenty four hours ago. So yeah. probably late September. So let's say, uh, yeah, let's say the twenty fourth of September, because that's my birthday. Well, Happy birthday brother. to you, Jody. We will, uh, Jody. I don't. I'm not going to wish you a birthday later on. So I wish you a happy drawing. birthday right now. So we'll draw That'll that day. Drawing. We'll post that day. When this yeah. comes out, we'll post something on the uh, Facebook page. It'll be and and, and we'll get some names there, and we'll draw names and give them away. And I'll 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 connect with you somewhere and get them from you. And uh, good, dude. Thank you. Hey, I'll say. This. Can I make one more plug? Chris? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, for, for folks in the southeast, we are doing a uh, a big marriage retreat at Ridgecrest in about two months, about seven and a half weeks, uh, second weekend of October, and uh, we've got about th- three hundred and fifty signed up for already. We're expecting about 500 couples to come to that, but we're kind of filling up the registrations right now. Kind of an all-encompassing marriage retreat, just a great time for couples to get away in a beautiful place. We would love for staff people to come, and uh, there's kind of a two-part charge on that. There's our charge for the event. There's also Ridgecrest's charge for you know room and board and stuff. Uh, any youth pastor wants to go to that, uh, I'd be willing to, if they can pay for the room and board, uh, I'd be willing to, to give them a, a kind of a free pass on uh, their registration for the event. Uh, so that's like saving like 189 bucks. They're mm. just going to pay for room and board at Ridgecrest. So if oh. any youth pastor needs to get away and work on their marriage, I'm just going to make that plug and say, we love youth pastors and would love to serve them there. If that's something they can do in the second weekend of October. How do they need to let you know? if That is called the great, it's called the great marriage getaway. And okay. you can go to greatmarriagegetaway.com is the website with information. If anyone's curious, uh, but if someone wants to take advantage of that great offer, they can just email me directly. We're at infoforfamilies.com, and my email address is Barrett, B-A-R-R-E-T-T, at infoforfamilies.com. Just shoot me an email and say, hey, my marriage could use a break. I'd love to take away with uh, this event. That's awesome, so dude. We'd love to talk about That's that. That's very cool, man. Yep. Very cool. I told you I love youth pastors. You love youth. You love us. You really, really you love them. Do. <laughs> Barrett, that was I have the worst. one more question, and this is a serious yeah. question. Oh, no. Go. No, this is this legit. Question. All right. Yes. Okay. When you go get coffee yeah. at, say, Starbucks, do they spell your name wrong? Or is it- you know what I do? I've done this for about a decade now. Chick-fil-A, when they ask me what your name is, the drive-thru, Starbucks. My name is Bob. Yes. B-O-B. See? What is your name? Bob. No one ever says, uh, bo- bo- no, I, I get, that. with Barrett, I get Barry, Garrett, Barry, what, what? How do you spell? Bob. Just, Bob. just Bob. That's good. I should do That's that. my solution for that right there. That's better. I just give them theologians that they can't spell anyway, and then I don't get offended. Spurgeon? Yeah, Spurgeon. <laughs> I should. Bon- Bonhoeffer <laughs> was my name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. I like that. Uh, my so Bob's way better. Well, See, that was a serious question. Everyone can spell Bob. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Are you guys done? Hey, man, thanks for... Thanks for giving up some time and coming on today and putting up with Chris. My pleasure, guys. Hey, I, I, I want to encourage parents and youth pastors out there, get intentional with the stuff. And if they can get intentional, they're on their way to helping, I don't know, people be healthy uh, spiritually and relationally and sexually down the road. And so the work you do now will, will pay huge dividends down the road, I promise. That's awesome. Good times. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate you big time. My pleasure, guys. Carry on. We'll, we'll we'll try. 
I mean, Chris, we got to put up with Chris every week. But other than that, you're welcome. <laughs> the rest is pretty easy. All right, man. We'll catch you later. See ya. Well, there you have it. Great episode. Great interview. I really hope you take advantage of, man. I mean, that what? What's up with that crazy offer at the end? I don't like, even know. I don't know what to say. So I, for, for real, we did not play. So I knew about halfway through, and I wished I had planned it earlier, but I just know Barrett well enough to know I, I decided I was going to be like, hey, dude, will you give away some books to our listeners? Like, I was just hoping for a book. Like, And I, and then I was like, I'm going to ask for one of each. And he's like, no, nah, just, not just one of each. I'm going to also give away the DVD series. I'm like, oh, sweet. And, the and then he book. went, and then he goes all crazy and gives away, like, the access to the Ridgecrest thing, which is awesome. So if you've um, never been to Ridgecrest. Yeah. And it, and, it, and so you'd have to pay for your room and board there or whatever. But the conference part, he's saying he'll cover, which is yeah. awesome. I don't know how much room and board would be to be, to be honest. I know they yeah, do like a minister's time. getaway. It's like 55 bucks a night for the minister's time. getaway. Well, you don't know for sure though on this one. what it. But be, I don't so. know on this one. Cause it might different. be one. Yeah. But even, but even still, then it's not outrageous. Yeah, man. So, man, if God's turning somebody's heart, that's awesome. So you cool. need it, man. If your marriage is, is is needing it for sure, take yeah, that. Yeah. Go make sure if you haven't joined the super secret Facebook group, do it now. Is the time to do it because you can go and you can enter to win all these resources, and you can see a picture of Marco Jericho and his wedding party, which looks amazing. Yeah. I bet he has cool hair. I'm not near as good looking as these people are in this picture. We need to bring Marco Jericho on the podcast just for just 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 for a little bit. We talk about him all the time. What's the name? It's a good name. Yeah, it's a good name. I wish that was my name. Starbucks would never spell my name wrong if my name was Marco Jericho. (laughs) I bet he does. I bet she does get it wrong. Anyway, (laughs) probably so. Anyway, uh, I think that'll do it. You got anything else? Uh, no, man. Hey, everybody. Uh, thank y'all for listening, and thank you for trusting us, most of all. Yeah. Uh, lots Hang of people you'll be listening to, lots of podcasts. Um, but thanks for trusting us and trusting the folks we bring on. And uh, We got some good ones coming. St- oh, we got some good ones coming. Stay tuned. Stay like, tuned. I'm talking about like four or five in a like, legit good, good stuff. Like it's good. Not like, that the others aren't. Like we for real today were like, dang, dude, what happened? Like we just hit it. We just hit like the lottery with awesome people. Like this is amazing. We've been asking. We've been talking to him a lot, but we just haven't. Yeah, but it just all came about at the same time. Day because we're doing two more interviews this week. Like it's awesome. So I'm excited. Pumped. So hang in there, and uh, until then, we'll uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Peace out. Later. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.